Getting paid has become dramatically more complex for growing software companies. You've got to manage different currencies, new payment methods, changing regulations, tax regimes, failed payments and fraud. Payment stacks built piece by piece grow unruly for SaaS companies to waste time and money on updates and integrations. Paddle is the only complete payments infrastructure for SaaS companies. Paddle handles all of your payment processing, tax collection and compliance, invoicing, subscription management, renewals, reporting and fraud protection globally. With Paddle, you'll grow faster and enjoy the journey more. Visit paddle.com to find out more. We have tried to practice what we preach uh, to our clients that hey, it's not only about we selling the product to build this culture, but we have built it ourselves. And if we have built it ourselves, then this product can help build your culture as well. So th- that that entire product building exercise for Impulse really helped us understand the nuances of uh, people and cult- culture practices. That it is not only about throwing away that pizza party or getting a foosball table in the office, but it is more about the different dimensions of employee engagement, whether it is uh, aligning your employees to the roles and goals, uh, listening to the employees, having one-on-one feedbacks, getting the OKR system in place, motivating them with the right rewards. And then that is what our product is doing uh, for our clients. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, Manoj Agarwal. Is a co-founder and product of marketing at, at Zozo Day. Welcome, Manoj. Thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me in this uh, session. Pleasure to meet everyone uh, who might be listening to this uh, session again. Great to have you here, Manoj. So, where are you? Where are you dialing in from? I am dialing in from uh, Bangalore in India. A great SaaS scene in in Bangalore. Are you part of any uh, sort of mafia of you know former SaaS companies like I mean, the current SaaS companies like Zoho and uh, things like that. So do you have a background in, in working for one of the big uh, like Indian SaaS companies? Uh, not not a SaaS, but I, I was part of Flipkart, which is the Amazon equivalent in India. And I was uh, part of the team very early on when this started. Very cool. And, and now obviously the co-founder of Zozo Day, but um, we're going to talk a little bit about the growth because there's been some great growth there. First of all, let's start with you. We know uh, that you're, you previously worked at Flipkart. But you as a person, tell us a little bit about, you know, who is Manoj Agarwal? Yes, I, I'm a very simple person uh, who is trying to build a global SaaS company. I'm, I'm married to a lovely wife and uh, I have a, a son around seven year old. I come from a joint business family, typically known as the Marwadis in India. And if you see most of the very popular startups in India come from the, the Marwadi uh, business community in India. And I've been raised into a joint family in, in the Rajasthan area in India. And the, the value system of a joint family is, is very different from how nuclear families are raised. So you, you, you co-live with a lot of people, you share things together, you understand each other very well. So those kind of values have stayed with me over these years. 
and that has also helped me building this company because as a as a founder uh, you come across so many different types of people and how do you carry along your people together help helps you a lot apart from that my family being a business family so i naturally got the knack to understand the nuances of business the grind of a startup the long term view and really really who, who can understand building a profitable business uh, with frugal so that those are things which which i have learned from my family as a as a person i i love to explore new places i i enjoy different types of food and i a lot of times i take a break and try to travel and uh, know different cultures i i spend a lot of time playing lawn tennis sometimes badminton and 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 also cricket which is quite popular in india and i i love to read a lot i i I I read different types of books and and sometimes watch some documentaries and then one very popular thing about me is that while I've been uh, doing lot of uh, technology for the companies I have been working with but personally I am I'm very low as a as a tech consumer myself I I generally don't uh, prefer to use lot of digital gadgets and, and so on so yeah so that's that's about me Alex very cool so no no apple watch no no apple watch <laughs> okay. I I I've I've just got mine yesterday also not not plugging Apple watches but I realized that I'm just constantly getting notifications now uh, which I'm sure that you can turn off uh, but I was just in a meeting where I'm constantly being pinged with all the different notifications from Stripe and Slack and email and it was a, a huge distraction so I had to turn the Apple watch off but just a little uh, an- anecdote there and in terms of the traveling side of things so actually I just learned you you know before we started recording uh, you said you've been to Sastock in Dublin in, in 2019 but also Sastock in Australia uh, as well which is maybe I knew but uh, perhaps I've, I've forgotten over uh, the last couple of years and and on that we were saying you know Sastock is coming back to Dublin which we're very excited about so it's kind of good to uh, good to know you say you're a reader what about like your like, could you maybe give like favorite business book uh, that you've read or or do you read biz- more business books than let's say you know other types of books sort of you know fiction or non-fiction so I typically keep a good mix of different types of books because uh, if you just keep reading business books then you are very tuned to only one dimension of 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 life so i i generally enjoy very multidisciplinary kind of reading habit and uh, some of some of my favorites have been a very recent book from naval ravikant which is basically the almanac of uh, naval ravikant it's a, it's a fantastic book i i i read uh, charlie munger's almanac also again a great great book i mean that would be a recommendation for every every single entrepreneur in the world and then i i have read inner engineering from sadguru uh, sadguru mm-hmm. is a very famous uh, spiritual leader in india Yeah I I enjoy a lot of readings and sessions from him and and I've been reading a lot of his books. Very so, cool. Yeah so the list is uh, big but yes some of some of the favorites. Yeah so I mean I I haven't read the novel either or any of those books Naval Ravikant Almanac but a good one to put it on the list Charlie Munger I need to have a look at that and I I was listening recently I think Sadguru was on the Joe Rogan podcast that's sort of recently and about halfway through that but but good to know but uh, I am one of those one dimensional people you know unfortunately the like I I only read business books and I do know that I need to kind of veer away from that because I I do agree with you but uh, my one of my colleagues will is just constantly you know on at me to to read non business books but I've I've struggled to break that habit but uh, hopefully soon but next question manage so you you as we learned you know worked at flipkart but are one of the co-founders of Zozo Day uh, which is uh, spelled XOXO Day 
Um, so I want to get a bit of a, a story around that and the. But uh, why did you found the company? Uh, I, I don't know did, if you left from Flipkart to Zozo Day, but you know what was the founding story? You can share that with us. And what's the story behind the the name? How did you you, you settle on the name? Yeah, yeah, so the name is an interesting conversation. So I, I left Flipkart uh, way back in 2012, and I could see that the Indian internet business boom was picking up very, very well. And I could see that gifting and gift cards were forming quite quite a percentage of their revenues. And similarly, my co-founder who was uh, then working with Metro Cash and Carry, uh, which is a German company, he also found that the private label business, apart from the branded products, are speaking up very well in India. So uh, two of us, we came together and then we, we toyed on uh, different ideas and then uh, we boiled down to launch something which is which is solving the problem of experiences and activities in India. Now, and then the reason why we started that was because we found that gifting and rewards in India were all the same traditional stuff like t-shirts, mugs, and, and, and something which nobody likes to get. So we wanted to bring a very noble dimension into that entire rewards and gifting business that can we do something which, which the person will really love and, and, and really love to kind of spend time and money on. So we were trying to build a huge marketplace of experiences and activities. And the, the, the word Zozo Day, the way it came was uh, over a conversation with my wife that hey, we are looking for some, some unique and uh, kind of uh, good name which can stay with the people. And that is how suddenly we came uh, across this name. The idea was that Zozo is basically hugs and kisses in the colloquial way. And what we are trying to do is that how can we bring love and affection in, in the day-to-day for people? Just like you have a Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, why not also have a Zozo day and then bring smiles and love to, to the lives of people? That is how we came up with this name. Very cool. And where, where did you meet your co-founder? Did, did, did they also work at Flipkart? And from the point when you sort of you know, came up with the, the idea to then actually you know, getting the business launched, you know, what was kind of the timescales and some of the things you needed to go through to, to make that happen? Yeah, so I, I and my co-founders, uh, we did not know each other. So I, I met my co-founder Sumit initially through a very common close friend. His name is Gokul Gandhi and he has been working with Pepsi and Apple and, and so on. So he connected both of us. And both of us had that equal mindset that, hey, we have to start something of our own. We both came from business families and we really wanted to crack a company ourselves. And later, two more people joined us in the journey. Uh, One is Abhishek. Abhishek came from the same uh, city as as Sumit. And then the fourth person, Kushal. Uh, Kushal was doing a small internship under me uh, during Flipkart. He's younger than us. And uh, when we started this company, he uh, reached out to me that he, can I also be part of your growth story? And then can I also uh, join uh, you guys in the early days? So that is how we, uh, four of us started. And even after a decade, uh, we, we are together. We, I think this has been uh, very beautiful for us that through thick and thin, we have, been, we have been together. And that has somehow kind of helped us navigate those uncharted territories, uh, which you come across in a startup. And I think that has been giving us strength day in, day out to kind of take on anything which comes as a surprise in a, in a, in a startup journey. And are, are, you, are you bootstrapped? Are you venture back? What, what's your roots there to, to grow? 
So we have been bootstrapped uh, till last year. So we have been founders who, who always wanted to grow the business uh, with frugal funds, got the right product market fit. And we have been profitable for uh, most of these years. Uh, we, we kept on growing year on year. But we raised a fund this year. We raised around $30 million from a private equity. Now, the funds which we raised this year are not to just run our business because we are, we are quite good in uh, our day-to-day expenses. The, the main idea of this funding was that we already have a solid product market fit. We have been growing quite well. Our products have been appreciated by a lot of clients globally. So why not accelerate the growth, accelerate the customer acquisition? So that is the idea. So how can we expand globally better than how we were doing it in the past? Very cool. Um, talking of product market fit, so you mentioned that you found it. How long did it take you to get, you know, and what were some of the things you needed to do to get to product market fit? <clears throat> Yeah, so there, there are two stories behind our journey. So in the early three to four years, as I mentioned, we were trying to uh, do an experiences and activities marketplace in India. Something very similar to what a Kluke or a Get Your Guide or a Viator has done in the international market. So we were trying to do that in India because India uh, seemed to be a very uh, country for, for that. But while doing that in India, we realized that both the supply side as well as the demand side are extremely fragmented. There was lack of supply. There were a lack of digitization in the entire space. And on the demand side, the consumer were extremely price sensitive. So, and in, even today, if we talk about 2022, uh, things have not changed uh, in that business. Airbnb also tried to do that business in India, but could not really uh, do it in a big way. So, we, we kind of uh, pivoted from that business uh, somewhere around early 2017. But what we were also doing uh, during those four or five years were that we were trying to sell these experiences and activities in the form of rewards in, in the enterprises. And then that gave us a very early understanding and some kind of inputs that the entire rewards, incentives, benefits, and, and the loyalty space in the, in the B2B world is still... Uh, underserved. I mean, there are not many great solutions out there. Most of the companies have been legacy service-led, but there were not many companies who were who were very product-first in their approach. And that is when in, in 2017, we, we went full-on uh, into this entire space of, we, we call it ripples, uh, basically rewards, incentives, perks, payouts, loyalty, and engagement. Trying to cover different use cases around uh, rewards and incentives for employees, channel partners, sales, and consumers. And today, we are doing three products by the name Plum, Impulse, and Compass. And we we have been growing very well in all these three products, close to around uh, 2,000 clients today globally. We are acquiring almost like 50 uh, new customers every, every month. How do you acquire these new customers? What are your kind of main channels to, to get the new customers? So uh, initial days, we, we were very sales-led. We, we, we were reaching out through our network, through LinkedIn, through a lot of uh, typical account-based marketing. So it was more outbound. And then we were also attending a lot of uh, relevant conferences and uh, events in our in our industry. But then somewhere around 2019, we uh, started focusing a lot on, on a very uh, marketing and product-led growth where we, uh, we started having uh, self-serve and DIY capabilities in our product. So the PLG started uh, working very well for us. And uh, we started, so all our SMB customers today, without any sales support, are able to sign up and get started on the product themselves. And uh, for the mid and enterprise customers, we, we do some sales intervention, if they need some help, some demos, and then so on. 
and uh, today the marketing is uh, is across the typical saas funnel which is uh, top of the funnel middle funnel and then bottom of the funnel and things like google adwords have been working very well for us we uh, we, we have somehow cracked uh, uh, the code of google adwords and getting lot of uh, mileage out of it and then search engine optimization is also quite working well for us we we are focused a lot on content marketing taking taking a thought leadership in, in the entire space we we did a lot of research and found that this entire industry has been very sales led and sales driven and uh, nobody really did a lot in terms of creating uh, relevant content for the users helping the users with with their problems and and so on so we we took that kind of an approach a typical i would say a hubspot kind of an approach by creating a lot of educational content and in that really is paying paying off very well in, in the last two years uh, it, it held us a lot thanks for sharing that i think now that you're you've got a you know at a great sort of milestone at 8 million uh, arr and so uh, congrats on that but if we break it down from 0 to 1 million you know what were would you say you know some of the challenges that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome them and the, the same question from let's say 1 to 8 million Uh, in ARR, if we could split it into those kind of two buckets, it would be great to uh, to understand. Yeah, so I think for every startup, the the journey from zero to one and one to ten is quite different, and it it was the same for us. In the zero to one journey, we were we were in the micromanagement kind of a, a, a position where we we as founders entered into every single thing and trying to do everything ourselves. and then when we went from uh, 1 to 10 uh, we we started building the teams so getting the right leadership team so that they can they can take some of the things and drive drive those things themselves now some of the critical challenges which we faced in the 0 to 1 journey uh, number one was how do we compete against some of the popular brands uh, in the global markets because we were nobody we were very tiny getting contracts without having that brand name was definitely a challenge the second challenge was we 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 started our business from india and india has not been the best pay masters when it comes to saas though, though things have changed in the last two or three years after the pandemic but otherwise the the buying appetite for softwares in india is, is not so much so that was another challenge that how do we increase our arr and and, and the saas revenue being an indian india first company and the third thing was being a bootstrapped company it was always a tight ship to manage managing the cash flows making things very very frugal finding out very innovative ways to kind of do the right spends in the in the, in, the, in the right places so but all these things helped us uh get that natural resilience into each one of us so the founders and 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 the and the initial core members we we got those uh, typical lessons of uh, frugality and resilience right in the early days and that really held us in the 1 to 10 journey because our our 1 to 10 journey and and then there was a pandemic in between we 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 were positively kind of affected by by the by the pandemic because number one we were resilient we we were okay to face uh, these unknown unknown kind of challenges we we came together as a team and and, and could navigate those uh, things uh, now the typical challenges which we faced in the 1 to 10 journey i think uh, number one was how do we quickly ramp ramp up ourselves for the global market so how do we find the right teams the right technology infrastructure the right compliances for going global the second was 
how do we manage our cac which is your customer acquisition cost when you, when you acquire customers at scale that was because we were still bootstrapped and uh, third was as we scale how do we manage a very people first culture in the company uh, and and keep that same dna uh, of frugality and resilience across the team and then that is where we we started taking a different approach in our hiring so our entire leadership team is built from entrepreneurs ex entrepreneurs so today we are a team of around 300 employees and out of 300 around 40 are ex entrepreneurs now that has been a great way kind of navigating this entire one to 10 journey for us you know, having 40 ex entrepreneurs you know within the business a great i guess obviously a nice like uh, cultural fit from you know the co-founding team to kind of want to you know work with with similar within that i mean do you know how many how many are like entrepreneurs uh, i don't know whether this matters or not but those that have had exits versus let's say you know failed entrepreneurs and yeah do you do you have a, an indication on that and and i guess for you like does it really matter whether they're an entrepreneur that tried something built something but it didn't work out versus an entrepreneur that you know had some success had an exit if that's the way that we're going to measure success yeah so i think the definition of entrepreneur we generally we generally don't measure by the success or failure because taking that first step itself says a lot about the character of that person mm-hmm. so we generally feel that uh, an entrepreneur is one who has raised series b or c or d or somebody who is doing a technology startup but i think uh, somebody who is also running a small cake shop is also a great entrepreneur so yeah. uh, we we kind of measured an entrepreneur by seeing that he attitude first and then aptitude second because uh, in, in today's world i think everyone is born with great aptitude but attitude is 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 a is a scarcity i mean aptitude is becoming more and more commoditized and there is an information uh, overload everywhere so our yardstick to choose the entrepreneurs was by do they have the right attitude have they have they spent couple of years in their in their entrepreneurial journey or have they just given up within few months and by the way out of these 40 guys almost like 10 or 15 have had successful ex- exits but but they they just moved on and then joined hands with us because uh, they found our journey very interesting and i think our dna is also matched quite a lot and that is how how it progressed very cool and what about yourself uh, like how have you learned to be a good co-founder i guess a good entrepreneur uh, as well yeah so it's it's always a learning journey every every day you you always uh, keep doing mistakes and then keep learning from them but having worked for couple of years myself i i always wanted to think through that can i can i take those learnings which which i could observe in companies like flipkart and yahoo where i worked and try to implement some of those best practices in the company which i i am building so the first thing which which worked very well for us in terms of being a great founder i always looked upon to some of the successful and respected co-founders in india also have been speaking to some of the some of the great seniors which i had in my in my older companies and uh, we also had uh, one or two mentors with us who have been successful co-founders in the past so that really helped us to kind of get a get a holistic view about how to tackle different kind of problems as you as you progress in your entrepreneurial journey the second thing which really worked very well for us is uh, 
that one of our products by the name Impulse itself is about solving the problem of people and culture in different organizations. So while building that product, we went through a lot of reading material around employee engagement, employee experience, and people and culture practices. And that has really helped us a lot because we theoretically understand how to build a great winning culture in a company. And we have tried to practice what we preach uh, to our clients that, hey, it's not only about we selling the product to build this culture, but we have built it ourselves. And if we have built it ourselves, then this product can help build your culture as well. So th- that, that entire product building exercise for Impulse really helped us understand the nuances of uh, people and cult- culture practices, that it is not only about throwing away that pizza party or getting a foosball table in the office, but it is more about the different dimensions of employee engagement, whether it is uh, aligning your employees to the roles and goals, listening to the employees, having one-on-one feedbacks, getting the OKR system in place, motivating them with the right rewards. And then that is what our product is doing uh, for our clients. So, so that was a great learning for us in, in building the right practices in, in, in the company. And uh, as I mentioned in the beginning that my, my upbringing has been in a rural joint family in India. And that upbringing from a humble background really helped to stay humble even, even when we are growing, which, which is very important virtue uh, in, in the entrepreneurial journey that you don't get overwhelmed with, with the success or with the money which, which comes on the way. Well, yeah, on, on that point, I'm, I'm just watching We Crashed, which is the, uh, the, the drama about Adam Newman, WeWork, who uh, it seems that he got a little bit carried away, you know, so far from what I've seen in terms of the, uh, the success of the business. And certainly he didn't stay humble. So definitely uh, great advice there. If, if, if you could go back to when you founded the business with your, your co-founders, from what you know now, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? Yeah, so I think if... if if I get the chance to kind of change the time machine, uh, there are a lot of things which we can do better. And you can always optimize a lot of things as, as, you, as you have learned during the journey. But one or two very important things which uh, we will, I will definitely do is make, make the right changes a little, little faster. So I think our, our pivot from the experiences and activities business to the entire holistic rewards and uh, incentives business I think we stressed it a little too much. We took almost like uh, four and a half years to five years to kind of make that change. But we 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 could see sense that the business for experiences and activities did, doesn't exist in India. So we could have taken that decision a little faster rather than stretching it. So kind of failing fast without waiting a little too much. And I think the second thing which I would uh, do is going global a little early because the kind of business we were doing was naturally more fit for the global audience. And uh, spending extra years in India was not helping us. So I would have cut down our time uh, spent in India and uh, might have gone global maybe two, two years early on. Uh, I think these are the two things I would definitely change. Yeah, great, great advice there. And uh, just a final Kind of question what have been you know some of the top resources that you kind of you know go to you know to help you you know on your journey uh, to 10 million ARR yeah so I, I am a big believer of that you, you should always sharpen sharpen your mind uh, as much as you can so 
uh, there is a famous saying that uh, can you earn with mind rather than earning with time and uh, you can do that by by reading the right resources so the first thing is that less is more uh, rather than trying to consume everything and anything because there is so much information glut out there so you can be busy the entire day of your life so can you be uh, very choosy about what you consume in terms of uh, the resources that is one one advice uh, i would have and uh, rather than uh, consuming derivatives can you consume original and authentic uh, content becomes very important so some of the uh, resources would be uh, some great books which i mentioned so keep keep reading great books original books uh, because uh, books are your best second is according to the type of business you are in you can read from that particular industry so for example we are in the saas industry so i i love uh, reading from the greats like see the basecamp founders the hubspot founders the intercom founders they they have written something very 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 valuable and then uh, thanks to a uh, lot of communities like saas there is a very famous community called saas bhumi in india thanks to these communities that you got the best people together where we can learn and figure out the right solutions uh, very fast because it's not easy to get in touch with uh, these great minds which are part of these communities so i think some of these things together should should help a lot and as i mentioned in the beginning that it depends upon the interest of the person but it, it's always good to have multidisciplinary uh, consu- consumption of content rather than just reading about business because it gives you very different perspectives in life Very cool. What a great place to end the show. Where can where can people find you and Zozo Day online manage? Yeah, so I I'm not very active on Twitter etc but people can reach out to me on my email.com and you can always connect me via LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Manojak Agarwal, um co-founder of Zozo Day, thank you so much for joining the SaaS Revolution show and congrats on the great success so far uh, of Zozo Day and looking forward to seeing more uh, on your journey. Thank you very much. Thanks thanks a lot Alex Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution show I hope you enjoyed it and if you learned something from it check out sasdoc.com/events to find all the upcoming SaaS doc conferences around the world